friends when traveling, either on the way to Washington or at meals or in the march itself. And one topic that always seems to come up is how to talk to children about the life issues while still maintaining their innocence. We adults do have to discuss these issues, especially abortion, because it is the worst thing happening in our country right now. But at the same time, it is good for us to guard the innocence of the children. And I remember how this happened for me. Even while I still had the innocent mind of a child, I had younger siblings. And even though I didn't know the details, I noticed that the baby would grow in mom's belly as a gift from God. And then she would go to the hospital and bring home that same baby. And I would get to meet my new brother or sister. And I remember the life issues coming up when I saw the newsletter for Right to Life of Greater Cincinnati. And back then it was available in church. I think they even included it in the bulletin. And I remember at the top of the newsletter, there were three pictures. There was a picture of an elderly woman, a picture of a man with Down syndrome, and a picture of the baby in utero, unborn child in, in, the, in the mother's womb. So I asked my mom, I said, why is that lady on there? And my mom told me that some people want to kill the elderly when they get sick. And I knew that was wrong as a little child. I don't know if I knew that because I learned the Ten Commandments. And the Fifth Commandment tells us we shall not kill. And maybe there's even a sense of loving humanity instead of killing humanity. And then I asked her, I said, why is that guy on there? And she told me, well, some people sometimes want to kill the disabled because they're disabled and sometimes are seen as a burden. And I knew that was wrong. And now we use euphemisms like euthanasia or to talk about killing the elderly or the disabled. And finally, I asked my mom why that baby's picture was on there. And she told me that sometimes people want to kill the unborn if there's something wrong with them while they're growing inside their mothers. And I knew that was wrong. So she gave me a great explanation, but still helped to guard my innocence at the time. And I imagine that most children would agree that killing the innocent is wrong. So how do we lose that innate sense of right and wrong as we grow up? The crowds were huge at the March for Life. Most of them were the youth, the young, and the youth still know that killing the innocent is wrong. But maybe as we get older, we start to complicate life. As we get older, we start to make life messier. And then as we do that, we start to justify things we wouldn't normally have done. We think about our own plans, our own convenience. We think about the destruction that God's gift of new life might bring into our lives. Well, rule number one for me is that we always talk about the healing ministries of the church when we mention the life issues. Many women were lied to in times of great duress, and now they have to live with the consequences of something that can't be undone, but they can heal. And we need to protect the rest of our sisters and our daughters from the lies of the abortion industry. We also know that men regret lost fatherhood for not protecting their own children. So it's very important for people to know about the healing ministries that the church supports and runs. The Archdiocese, for example, promotes Project Rachel. And there's a 
an, an announcement about that in this week's bulletin from our own parish. So for Zion's sake, I will not be silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet. The evil of abortion has been legal in all 50 states for now 46 years. And over a million of our little ones are killed every year in that industry. We need to do all change hearts. And as we change hearts, we're able to change our country's laws, making them more just. And we can't be afraid of things like being labeled an activist or being afraid of the cost involved. At the judgment day, the Lord might ask us, what did you do for the most innocent of my children? And I'm going to have to have a better re reply to him than I was afraid of being labeled an activist. So how long before our nation will be called forsaken or desolate, like we heard in our first reading? How can the Lord make our own land his spouse and delight in our land when we allow the, ki the killing of the most innocent? In our second reading from St. Paul, he tells us that there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. We have all been given different gifts, but all of us are called to put those gifts to good use, complementing each other. And in the same way, we all have gifts that can be used in the struggle to establish the right to life for all people, both born and unborn. Some of us can be activists. Some of us can be counselors. Some of us can work in those healing ministries that I mentioned before. Some of us can write letters. Some people can make phone calls. Some can lobby Congress. Some can donate their resources. Some can make sacrifices. All of us can pray. Some of us can get engaged in the debate for the goodness of human life. In this gospel today, we hear that the Blessed Mother tells the servers at the wedding feast in Cana, do whatever he tells you. Those are the last words recorded of the Blessed Mother in the gospels. And that's good advice for us. But what is Jesus telling us? How do we hear him tell us what to do? Many words of the Lord Jesus are recorded right there in the gospels. So sacred scripture is an excellent way for us to hear the Lord speak to us. And when we have a well-formed conscience, we can hear the Lord speak to us in prayer. And he speaks to us through his church. He's calling us to be people of action. And we enter into these sacred mysteries today where he offers us himself, body, blood, soul, and divinity. He offers us his grace, which is his life active in our lives so that we can be faithful to him. We can listen to the one, the one and only, who is the author of life.